Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions. One Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 169 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. And it's me and Lee today to, to look back and look forward, uh, obviously look back on a, I'd say a morale boosting point against Spurs, got, got to be honest. Obviously, we're going to go through all the the events of the game and everything, especially that 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 second half, of course. But but Lee, j- just to, to summarise first, if we can, in terms of the Spurs game, considering what happened in the second half, um, and considering we've come away with it with a point, we look back on that game quite fondly, really, don't we? Well, with the game, with the way the game played out in the end, um, combined with our absolutely horrendous record against Spurs when you actually look into it I was talking on the podcast last week I thought it was actually better than it was when you look into it we've only had one win in donkey's years against them haven't we I think you posted it recently on the Twitter account the Jelovic uh, last minute winner where he shinned it into the goal you know and we went all, all went nuts um, probably doing him a disservice there to be fair it was a cracking finish you know because it was instinct and that's what he was all about but um, yeah I mean look, the way the game played out um, you would take the point. Uh, the way the results went yesterday as well, I mean, that was in our favour. I did say last week that a win here would really give us a shot in the arm of, and, and allow us to not pull clear, but, you know, from a sort of a mental perspective, just get away from it and get up to sort of the, shall we say, the echelons of 13th or, you know, 12th place around there. But um, But in the end, I mean... Apart from a bit of shithousery from Harry Kane, it probably cost us the three points. Um, you will take the point the way it played out, like I said. Yeah, and we'll go into obviously saying what, what the, the key events in, in more detail shortly. But the way, I mean, starting from obviously the first half, um, I thought personally that Everton were, were probably slightly the better side. But you know what you get with Spurs? You know, they, they can keep the ball pretty comfortably. Obviously, they, they had the, the new man. Uh, in Stellini, in on the same new man on the bench. He, he's been there obviously under Conte, but took charge of his his first game officially as the caretaker manager, if you like. You know they got quality in attack. Um, obviously no Richarlison, which which we knew before the game. Uh, they had, they were missing a few key players. Ben Davis generally starts for them. Uh, we mentioned we mentioned obviously ourselves. We had a quick chat before the game. Like the Basuma wasn't fit. 
Benson Core, who's been fantastic for them, he's out for the rest of the season. So it wasn't obviously a full a full strength spare side, but obviously we we're we're never a full strength are we? Let's be perfectly honest. But you knew what you were going to get. Um and we both were of the of the belief that if you know it probably wasn't a bad time to play them because of the, the new minds of situation. It's you know, yeah, he's in, he's the new minds, but he's not really. He's been there for 18 months or so now anyway, as part of the Conte's coaching staff. You know, and, and I always thought defensively that they're a little bit suspect space for me, in my opinion. And I thought Everton acquitted themselves pretty well. And it, it wasn't a, a great first half, but it was certainly a, a half where Everton threatened a couple of times. We also had to, had to ride a, a couple of storms as well. Um, but the, the important thing was that we, we made sure that we, we got to half time on level terms. First, first and foremost, but also give ourselves a chance of getting something from the game. And, and Everton impressed me. I've got to be honest. Everton, I thought, yes, again, we've seen it time again under Sean Dice. We acquit ourselves particularly well, especially against the, the better sides. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think we, you know, we're in games, aren't we? Now, um, when you go the game now, you actually feel like you're actually, you know, what we're solid. We're always going to be. It's always going to be a tight game under Dyche. Any, any game against him, you know, apart from the Arsenal anomaly, you know, we're basically in it. It's going to be, you know, a one nil or a one one. Or I know we had a two two against Chelsea recently, but you know what I mean. It's, it was still a pretty tight game. So I think, I think in general, you've got to give credit to the manager there for coming in uh, with the tools that he's got at his disposal and just just generally making us really really hard to beat. Um, and that that was reflected. I, I would agree with you on the first half. I I, I do think, unfortunately, I couldn't make the game because um, of work commitments. But um, but you know the, the bit I did watch. Uh, I, I, obviously, I watched it live on Sky. But the one thing I would say is we started with tempo. That's a clear theme under Dyche at the minute. Start with a high tempo, particularly at home. Try and get that early goal like we did with McNeil the other week. That didn't materialise. The game then settled into a rhythm and then Spurs, as, as, as expected, with the quality that they've got. And let's not get away from it. You know, Spurs, they're pushing for a Champions League. For all the, you know, histrionics with Conte and everything else, they're still a very, very good side. You know, you mentioned the amount of players they've got out there. Yeah, they have. Um, you know, some cracking players that were out, um, you know, including one of our own, Richarlison. You know what I mean? And I'm so glad he didn't play because it was probably written in the stars. He'd probably get his first goal against us. Um, but the way he keeps on posting on social media, in all honesty, he probably would have put one in, in, in his own net just, just so he could have probably won the game the way the way he's going. But no, but Joe. Listen, aside, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I wouldn't have been surprised if I saw him in the in the queue for a pie. To be honest with you, before the game, I could have some part of the way, the way he's been posting. But that, that's another story. It is another story, mate. It is another story. But no, but you know, he obviously clearly holds the club uh, close to his heart still. But um, uh, they did, they, they were getting some success. They clearly were targeting us, obviously, with the wing backs. You know what I mean? I thought Perisic was causing us all sorts of problems down down the left. Um, Pedro Porro as well on the right, maybe less so. But what they were doing, they were looking for that diagonal, you know, and, and getting in behind there and getting in behind, uh, you know, our our sort of narrow system under Dice. It's one thing Dice does, isn't he? Constantly tries to make us compact and, and that system you know did leave us exposed a few times and Perisic put a great cross in for Harry Kane. Um and you know he was let's be honest a, a player of Kane's stature you'd probably think he should have got that on target. That was a warning sign. Uh we had a you know a, a lucky ricochet for them which fell to Kane in the box and obviously uh, Michael Keane cleared it off the line. 
Um, we had a really good chance, didn't we, with Decore with a, a good cross in. He pulled away from his mark and he should have done much better there. Um, I mean, it was obviously, it was the second phase of a set piece. So you're just hoping that would have fell to someone like a Tarkovsky, wouldn't you? Instead of Decore. Um, but he should still have done him way better than he did. You, you, you had it miles over. Um, so you go in at half time and think, you know what? Spurs have threatened a little bit without causing major problems, but probably had the best chance of the game when obviously Keane kicked it off the line. Second half, we came out and, you know, again with some real intent. Um, we pressed them high up the pitch, where I really, which I really liked. We weren't just trying to sit off. And Onana makes a great, a great tackle, didn't it? I think it was on, I think it was on Eric Dyer, I think. Um, and then it breaks to uh, to Garner. Um, and all day, as soon as it, as soon as he attracts the defender there, the defender has to make a decision to stay with Decore or go to close down the guy on the ball. He should have then, then at that moment, as you're always taught from a kid, once the defend, defender engages, release the pass. And he should have just then flicked it to Decore. And then Decore's essentially got a one-on-one then. And look, you know, you couldn't have said he's guaranteed to score himself, but you put more money on him finishing it, especially with his recent form uh, recently where he's had, I think coming into today's game, he's either assisted or scored in the last four games. So he's clearly playing well. And then Garner there, he, he just, well, he's, he's a holding mid at the end of the day, isn't he? He's, he's a defensive-minded midfielder. But he's panicked a little bit, hasn't he? And he's absolutely laced it and blazed it over the bar. That's a massive chance, that. Just after half-time, and, you know, he either, for me, then has to lay it off to the core or, like, side-foot it in the corner and, and not absolutely hammer it and trying to score a rocket, in, you know, in the back of the net. And, you know, that, that was, that for me, if we'd have got that first goal then, I genuinely think that we would have gone on to win the game. There's no doubt about it. Even 11 v 11 at nil nil before the sending off, which we'll talk about shortly, I do think we were, we were the most likely. Um, so, yeah, for me... It was one of those games where it was a real opportunity for us to put this sort of, you know, really poor record against Spurs to bed. Yeah, obviously you mentioned that the start of the second half there with that, that big chance for, for Garrigan. And of all the players on the pitch, he's one player that you don't really want in that position, to be honest with you. You wouldn't mind Michael Keane there, though, as we as were discussing in a minute. But, you, you know, <laughs> Garrigan, certainly, certainly not. Um, but you know, like you said, Spurs had a couple of you know a couple of moments in that first half. One off the line from Michael Keane, and and that that switch was always on, wasn't it? Because you know we had a chat in me post match about the way Spurs play with the wing backs and the fact, obviously, we're we're quite narrow in our approach, aren't we? We're trying to sort of make that make the uh, the, the pitch a little bit smaller. But obviously, the switch was on quite often where the ball was going across to Pegasus. He's then obviously one on one with, Col- with Coleman. Um, and and that was that was the the biggest the biggest concern. But you know we had we had a good chance, like you say, with the core a good chance for the Mari Gray. You know where he's tried to whip it into the top corner. We've seen him do that on on numerous occasions in the past. Um, and obviously the the, the Garner Gay chance, which which you know really you know as I say any anybody else in that position or making we always talk about decision making making the right decision, and it could have been one nil. And as I say, I thought I thought Everton with the with a better side, I've got to be honest. I, I was sitting there fancying us, you know, most definitely at nil nil to, to to pick up the three points. And um, I thought we'd we'd have enough to do so. And then we, we, let's jump into it now. A, a split second, not even that. Moments of, of madness um, from from the core. Right? Um, obviously, Harry Kane goes down. 
like he he suffered from severe concussion and and spent about three or four minutes on the floor, which by the way was was incredible. Um, and we we find ourselves down to down to ten men. But what's what's your your take on on the the whole red card situation? Because I saw him raise his, his his arms from from my position in the paddock, so we thought straight away, there's no way that's going to get overturned. That's that's going to be a red card. Obviously, we saw what Harry Kane actually did. The way that he, he engaged with the Corey after the whistle had gone, after the foul had been given for, for the uh, for the tackle on on Damari Gray from from Harry Kane. So Sean Dyche said, didn't he? Post match, there's no need for Harry Kane to even engage with the Corey. You know, he's then gone in, he's grabbed hold of his shirt, the uh, Corey's lashed out. I think it, I think it's unfortunate that he's actually caught him in the face. I've got to be honest with you. I don't think the the attempt was made to eye gouge him or push him in the face, whatever it might be. Um, but the way the way the the England captain has has, has gone down and, and held his face and rolled around and made, made a massive a massive meal of things never sits well with me when players do that when quite clearly there's there's nothing wrong with them. But, but, but what's what's your take on it? Well, you summarized it, summarized it well there. Um, it's 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 never easy on the eye when a fellow professional gets another fellow professional sent off through that, is it really? You know what I mean? And we see it a lot, obviously, on the continent, and it sort of leaked into the English game. You know, there's plenty of players um, on, 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 certainly on our side. You look at the likes of Coleman and people like that. They've never in a million years gone down holding their face because it's it's embarrassing. You know what I mean? It's embarrassing as as as, as just as a man in general, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, we've all played footy. You know, we've all had a situation like that. Kane's lost a ball. He's gone running back after it. He's, he's he's fouled clearly fouled Damari Gray. The whistle's gone, and then he's gone he's gone in he's gone in hard then, hasn't he, under Corey, straight after the whistle. So that's out of order number one. You know what I mean? The whistle's gone. He should have stopped. He could have easily stopped. Like Dice said himself, he didn't need to engage, and he's gone in he- heavy under Corey. So the Corey's got one option there. He's going to have to go in with force himself. Now, if Kane actually no, he, he caught all the ball. But if Kane misses the ball there for whatever reason, he's off, isn't he? Because he then after the whistle, he's cleared, he's cleaned the core out. So in that situation where he's gone in, gone, gone in heavy afterwards, the core's done what any anyone would do. You would do it, I would do it. Straight away after the whistle, he's gone, shoved him in the chest, going, What are you doing, you idiot? You know what I mean? Harry's then grabbed him by the shirt after that altercation. Almost as if to say, you push me, so I'm now grabbing you. And then I think as a retaliation, he's gone, get off me. Waved his hand like that as if to say, get off, you've got, you know, what are you doing? And then he's caught him in the face. And then obviously, as we know, then the letter of the law is, you're off. Now, the interesting debate for me is the way Kane went down as if he's just been, you know, absolutely poleaxed by Lennox Lewis. The way he went down grabbing his face basically guaranteed the red card guaranteed the red card. You know, everyone's been circulating these images of when we had that melee against Liverpool, didn't we? And then Mane basically eye-gouged uh, Mason Holgate. Now, if Mason Holgate would have flipped around and gone straight to the floor like Kane did, grabbing his face, and then VAR would have got involved with that, he's off. He's off. So, for me, yes, by the letter of the law, it's, it's a moment of madness from Decore in a tight game, an important game, where we're in the ascendancy and he's lost his head. But I can almost kind of semi-understand it with the way the way the, the situation played out. But then you just cannot excuse, as you said to me on a call, like the golden boy, Harry Kane, going down like that. You just can't. 
it's just absolute snide behaviour. You know, I mean, if it was one of our players doing that and then getting a fellow professional sent off, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, it wouldn't sit easy. It wouldn't sit easy with you. Obviously, you'd be happy because ultimately it's your team. They're down to ten men, but you know, it, it just doesn't sit right with me. And 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 Kane, you know, there's not really been much of a fuss even made after it after the event, which you know, probably standard, isn't it? I mean, if that had been a probably more high-profile game for Sky TV, for example, against you know, a city or, you know, um, you know, a, a, a North London derby, for example, against Arsenal, then there'd probably be a lot more sort of foray after it. But yeah, it, it just didn't sit right with me at all that, mate. I don't know what you think. Well, I mean, you've seen, you know, very much that that's been the reaction after the, uh, after the event by journalists, by people that were there, Tottenham fans have still said the same, you know, very much a case of less of a law, it, it's a red card. But his, his reaction is not great. And I'm very surprised that there wasn't more made of it when they came to actually speaking to him. Because I think if it's a different player, a lot more is made of it. You know, you, you've seen it over the years where certain players gain reputations. And, you know, you're telling me that if that was Richarlison, by the way, when he was playing for Everton doing that, that he wouldn't be quizzed on it. He wouldn't make a big, a big issue of it. Now, I know they covered it on Sky and, and Carragher says, you know, he's out of order. Um, and what have you, you know, Guy Neville was making more of a case for it, basically saying it was behind his eye gouge, which, which it's you know, ridiculous. Gary, Gary, I like Gary, but he's trying to defend the indefensible there, wasn't he? Yeah, it's because it's, it's Harry Kane, and this is the thing, he is the golden boy, and, and as I say, you know, he, he broke the, the England all-time goal-scoring record, you know, what, a week or so earlier, and, you know, he's, he, is, he is very much seen as... Uh, you know, Mr. Innocence, but he, he's one of them. You know, he, he got caught in the first half and he was riding around in, in agony. And it's just, it's just things, you know, sometimes he's a fantastic footballer. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know, one of the best strikers that the Premier League has ever, has ever seen. You know, one of the best strikers the country's ever produced. But for me, people might call it gamesmanship, might call it clever, whatever you want, you know. But for me, it didn't, it didn't sit right. And I do think that his reaction. On another day, you mentioned there, you know, it could have, he might have got away with the yellow card, exactly or wrongly decorated. If if Kane stays on his feet and gives a little bit back and, and what have you, um, but yeah, obviously the game then the game changes on that particular point. We're about to ten men. You're thinking to yourself, we do well to see this one. I was at nil nil because obviously they can keep the ball. We, we what we were doing really well was when they were playing out from the back, which I thought was almost self-sabotaged by Spurs because they were not good enough to do it. Everton quite often were picking the ball up in midfield, picking the ball up in the final third, tackling them, as which led to obviously to, to the Gara Gate chance as well. And you know, that then we had to then just retreat and say, right, let's sit, let's see what we can sign. Day we weren't seeing much of the ball. And you know, they, they, they then win the penalty, which Michael Keane after the game. Obviously, the one who put the tackle in said, you know, he just wasn't away. He just didn't see the fella covered behind him. He's clipped him. He had no complaints. It was a penalty. And you just think, you know, here we go. What, what, one nil. You know, we're, we're down to 10. What, what, what have we got? What, what can we produce from this particular, this particular situation? And that's what, that's what, what, what really, really impressed me with Everton. You know, I know obviously Spurs in the end went down to 10 themselves, you know, after a poor tackle from, from Lucas Moore on. Michael Keane, who, by the way, didn't roll, roll round in agony in any way, shape or form. Pretty much bounced back up when his, his leg could have been broken. Um, but I don't believe either that there was any kind of animosity in the tackle. It's literally, he's, been, he's a split second late, I think, personally. 
he's caught him, it's a red card, he's got away with it because Michael Keane could have been seriously injured. But even before then, Everton was starting to get some momentum. We had a chance with this again, it was tipped over by, by Larice. We, we were getting in and around the box a little bit. And I always thought, I always thought something was coming. I just thought at that particular point, you know, we're, we've got a bit of a head of steam here. And I don't know what it was. Sometimes you get one of those feelings, whether it's it's because we're Goodison Park under the lights, it, it does magical things at times. And it was it was strange, but once he was sent off, for me, we were definitely going to get something from the game. I, I just I just had it had a feeling and that's how it how it played out. And, and I thought substitute wise, before we discussed the Michael Keane equaliser. Substitute wise, we saw quite a few changes from the manager, um, which is which is unusual. Obviously, Ellis Sims comes on. We had Tom Davis and James Garner freshing things up in midfield for Onana and, and Garner Gay. Obviously, at that point, after being down for ten men for, for so long, needed some fresh legs. And I thought both did well. I've got to be honest. I thought James Garner needs tidy footballer. Tom Davis threw himself around everywhere, putting a couple of great tackles. The, the one on the we took out two players, by the way, it was absolutely fantastic, you know. But that's what you want to see. That's the attitude that you want to see. Mikhalenko comes on as well. And I thought the substitutes the manager made, although at the time when you think Mikhalenko, why is he, why is he coming on? But understood that obviously Shavers Coleman played a lot of football, had a little bit of a niggle in the international break. But the manager obviously makes his makes his changes. And for me, they, they made they made a real difference. I don't know what you thought, but I, I do think that we needed that. That little burst of energy in midfield for you know two lads who you can come on young you know f- full of full of energy, and I think those two changes especially really made a difference. Yeah, and you can praise the manager there uh, like you've done, but also it was needs must when it we were losing. Yeah, I mean it's not as if it was nil nil and then he's gone. You know what? I'm going to go all out for the three points here. You know he had to make those those changes like you said. You know we were ten men for the best part of half an hour. Yeah, everyone's everyone, particularly in midfield, is going to have to run that little bit further. Um, so I can understand the substitutions. He's going for broke to try and get something. Um, I thought we reacted really well to the goal. Um, I think it was it was a mixture of us, you know, showing a bit of composure after the goal, not panicking like we have done in the past. You know, going one 0 down with ten men there, but also Spurs as well, just almost completely retreating, going right. You know, we've got the goal now. We're going to win this one nil. Which was obviously suicide on their behalf, um, because the atmosphere throughout pretty much the whole game was superb. Other than obviously after, you know, other than after the sending off, where there was obviously, you know, understandably there was a lot of a lot of silence around the ground because now we're suddenly you know, we're on the back foot. But um, but yeah, massive praise has to go there for, for, for that. I mean, the Mikalenko one's a weird one because for me it was a strange decision. I'd be interested to get your opinion. Um, how you know, certainly Patterson wasn't on the bench. Strange for me that, you know what I mean? Like, Patterson, before his injury, um, was obviously getting the nod ahead of Coleman. Now, Coleman's been superb since he's come in the side. There's no doubt about that. And he is first choice as we speak right now. And and, and all credit to him for that. But in that sort of scenario, you know, Patterson's the type of guy where if he came off the bench as a fan base, he'd be like, yeah, this lad's a direct runner. He can create something. You know what I mean? He's got a decent cross on him. We know that. And the same with Vinagre. Look, we've not seen an awful lot of Vinagre, but the bits we have seen of him, he's clearly, obviously, a tricky customer, isn't he? He's got good feet. He likes a trick to get past someone. And he's, he hasn't got a bad cross on him either. You know what I mean? He's certainly more attacking, or way more attacking than Mikalenko. So, in that respect, that also surprises me that the fact, you know, if 
Vinagre was on the bench, which he wasn't, he should be, you know, coming on in that scenario where you need to get a goal. He's clearly a lot more attacking. Um, and that, you know, obviously we don't know the ins and outs. You know, Dive sees him in training every day. But certainly the Patterson one baffles me a little bit. How he, He's not even in the squad after coming back from an injury. Um, whether he gets asked about that in his next presser, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, but you're right, you know, Garner came on, showed, you know, how good of a player he could possibly be for Everton. He's had a really injury-ravaged season. He's not been able to get you know, any any sort of minutes on the pitch. But, you know, anyone who knows anything about football can see he's a good footballer. You know, the way he receives the ball, he's clearly been, you know, he's clearly, you know, clearly been coached very well. He's obviously a talented kid. He receives it. He's always looking around, scanning the pitch. Um, and when he came on, he made a difference. Um, and then obviously... You know, we'll, we'll, we go on to the on to, on to the, the Michael Keane absolute blockbuster. But I do I do want to mention about what you said about there just quickly before we do that about the stats in the first and second half. Now, first half, Spurs had sixty five percent of the ball. We had six shots; they had three. Second half, albeit we had ten men for thirty minutes of that, we had forty four possession of percent uh, possession of the ball. We had nine shots, five on target. They had five shots, one on target, which was the pen. You know what I mean? So that tells you everything you need to know in terms of the, you know, the stats of the game. And now XG, slight anomaly in this case, because obviously the penalty will have really high XG. And then the one that Kane, Kane had one cleared off the line, like we said before. But ultimately, Everton, you know, really there against a team that's pushing for the Champions League. Like we're saying, it adds to the comments that we were saying before that we were the better side. And we look the most likely. So th- those stats there played out in that respect. And I also wanted to mention that tackle for Mora. I do agree with what you said. It was a horrible tackle. He was late. It wasn't malicious. I don't think he was trying to do the fella, was he? There's no doubt about that. And, you know, we know Mora's not like that anyway. But like you said, the way Keane reacted to it, he was lucky not to break his leg there. If you look at his boot, gives way in the ground a little bit, doesn't it? And slides. If his boot gets caught in the ground there, he probably breaks his, breaks his ankle, breaks his tib and fib there. So he was quite lucky, you know, and that that will scar up pretty badly. That you know, he's probably he'll probably have a bad a bad bruise down there this week. But then we come on to the goal, and I mean, like you said, you could almost feel it. It was coming because we we looked like you know the be- you know the better side. We were on the in the ascendancy. The way we was, we we moved, we moved the ball right, we came back inside. It falls to Keane there, and then you know we all see the gap. We all see the gap. But then you're thinking. He's not going to take it on here, is he? And then, you know, he does that little shimmy, if you like, to, to, to knock it onto his right foot. And we've all seen, the, the, you know, pretty much all of us have seen the, the video footage of, of Keane in training. I think, didn't he win one shooting competition or something? I remember seeing it on one of the YouTube videos and he ended up you know, winning the shooting competitions. What does that say about our strikers more than anything else, basically? <laughs> but, but, but anyway... You've been calling for him, mate. You should you should be uh, Dice's assistant. You've been calling for him to play up front as a, as, as a big Shelly. number nine. And, and I, I tell you what, he, he's he's hit that, and it, it just sat up ever so slightly before he hit it. And that's like a there I say it prime Batistuta, you know, add bend, dip, everything you want on it, and it just you know, Larice didn't even move, and it, it took me about two or three seconds just to like compute what's gone on. You know what I mean? I mean, God knows what it must have been like you in the ground. You'd probably lost your head and fell five rows forward. But 
But like literally, I, I was just like, it was like slow motion. It was almost like the Jagielka goal against Liverpool Anfield. You just kind of gone, is that gone in? You know what I mean? And then obviously, then it erupted, and and then you know the rest is history. And 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 and, and if anything, after that, we, you know, if the game would have been another four or five minutes longer, we probably would have got the winner. Well, that, that that's it, isn't it? And and you know, you're right in what you're saying. I've I've caught on my team to 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 get a little goal off from just. just you know, as an emergency striker because of the issues that we were facing. And I was in sort of hindsight and we all say things. And Michael Keane showed with, with his finish against Crystal Palace at the back end of last season, he can strike a ball. He had a go actually in the first half, didn't he? On, on, the, uh, on the volley, which he put over the bar. So Michael Keane can, can strike a ball. Obviously, there's more to being a striker than that. But he, he's big. He's good in the air. He can hold the ball up. He can strike a ball. You know, so Sean Dice is listening. Listen, I'm available for, for any kind of these extra little coaching tips if you want to take them on. But you know, if the way they when it when he strides when he strides forward, like you say, the space opens up. You just get a little feeling sometimes, don't you? I know it was Michael Keane. You just think, just hit it, just just hit it, and it just seemed to be absolutely perfectly set up. Little little slight little bobble on it, so it just sat up for him. And he catches it absolutely crisply. I mean, and he ends up obviously nearly hugging me in the in the corner of the uh, the paddock there as he slides over on his knees, Alatia Henry. And it was just it was just sensational because it was funny because about two or three minutes earlier, the stewards um had all come out and there seemed to be loads of them. There were and someone someone next to me was going, What's the need for all these stewards? I thought, you know what? If we score, there's a massive need for all these stewards. And they were all seen to be camped in that corner. It was absolutely chocker around there with stewards. And obviously, he scores, comes over that way. I counted four people on the pitch uh, by me, and then a fifth went past the back of Larissa's legs at one point or so. Um, but it was absolutely bedlam. It was, it was just pandemonium, wasn't it? And, you know, Goodison Park was loud. Goodison was great, by the way. And, you know, the, the, the fans were terrific on, um, on Monday night. And, it was loud. It was loud. Once that goal's gone in, you know, it didn't die down. But Spurs got a corner, didn't he? Like Chelsea got the other week at Stamford Bridge, right in the last minute of stoppage time. Spurs got it. And if from being, a, you know, the decibel level was off the scale, it just, everything just died down. So a complete, complete silence. Obviously, we cleared the corner, the referee blew his whistle, and that, and that was that. But, you know, it, it was fitting for Michael Keane after giving away the penalty. I thought he had a really solid game yet again. I thought Tarkowski was absolutely terrific. Thought you know he kept he kept Kane quiet by by all accounts. The two of them between them, I think they did a really good job. Um, and 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 Keane deserved that because you know there was a, a, a an interview that came out, wasn't there, in regards to Michael Keane and Frank Lampard, and obviously people were having a little snipe about Lampard. He sort of said you know not that can sort of teach you kind of thing, and you're not you're not going to get a game really. Um, and he's he's come back in obviously good attitude. Under a manager that he that he knows, and this manager obviously has got complete faith in him. He's, he's alongside a, a leader, and we always say Michael Keane needs somebody who can lead alongside him. And 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 he's looked he's looked pretty good since he's come back in, and it's just a fantastic strike. It's one of those, you know, I'm sure he'll try it again, and they'll be shout they'll be shout to shoot every single time he gets within about forty yards of goal going forward, and and it won't come off ever again. But not you know you can't take away that moment from him, and after the game. You know, the, the Gladys Street singing his name and, and you know, that'll live with him, I'm sure, for, for a long, long time. But, you know, the fact that, you know, the fact we've come back from so much adversity against a decent side, 
you know, we've, we've I've got bags of quality. It shows you, I think, how far we've come in a short space of time in terms of resilience and belief uh, and fighting. You know, Demai Day was was gene up the the paddock with about just before you went off, actually. You know, when we were down to ten men, and the, the players, I think, were feeding off the crowd, and and you know, I think that it's been that way for quite a while now, especially under under Sean Dice. But it's just, as I say, it just shows that the progression from a mental perspective that we're not always down and out. We, we can we can come back. We can pick up points, you know, in, in the face of, of adversity. And and it was just nice to see us do that because at the end of the day, it was a big point, wasn't it? It took us out of the bottom, out of the bottom three. After the results that we saw, we saw last night, obviously we're on a lot of, a lot of teams on 27 points, but teams now, most teams have played 29 games by West Ham. You've got a, you've got a couple of numbers we speak today. And, you know, looking at, the, at that now, now Parisi is being restored. We know where we are. We we know what we've got to do. We know it's in our hands now. Um, and it was a big, big point. And, and one, I think, that, that the players and the manager should be should be immensely proud of. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the key word there, is, and I just mentioned, is mental resilience. You know what I mean? We've come from behind to get a result against Chelsea away. And then we've come from behind, um, you know, to get to get a draw against Spurs, um, you know, with ten men, you know, what I mean, so there's, you know, a lot of been, a lot's been thrown at the, you know, a lot of these Everton players over the years. Mental fragility being a big one, and you know, to be fair to Dice, one thing he has done, it's clearly like a dogs of war mentality right now, isn't it? You know, what I mean, it's not pretty to watch. You know, we're not playing scintillating football, but dare I even say it, this is, you know, we were a bit on the fence with Dice coming in, weren't we? Obviously, maybe needs most in terms of the place we were in and. The position we were in, we were all pretty much resigned to the fact, you know, there's a very good chance we'll go down. We haven't got a striker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you've got to give him credit, you know, with the tools he's had at he's had at his disposal. Like I said earlier, he he's really sort of garnered the players there, hasn't he, in terms of mental strength and, you know, he's 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 he's, he's clearly a very good man manager. A lot of the players are running running their absolute backsides off for him. I mean. Have you ever seen Dwight McNeil run like he did in the last minute there, closing down a Spurs player? I mean, in mm-hmm. the first part of the season, I mean, he didn't even look like he could run in the first place, never mind chasing someone down in the 95th minute. You know what I mean? He, he clearly made a, made a great clearance as well in the first half when the ball comes to the back post, doesn't he? Just to the goal. You know, Pedro Porro's coming in on that. that that's a goal, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, outstanding. I mean, he, look, he didn't have a, a great effect on the game going the other way, but you know, he, he certainly covered Ben Godfrey brilliantly in that game and, like you said, made a couple of fantastic clearances when he needed it uh, or when we needed it. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, it's it's that the fact that I feel now going into a game, I, I feel, like I said before, that we're in games. You know what I mean? Like I said, other than that Arsenal game where obviously it got away from us, I, you know, I, I do think when you look at the games we've played, you know, the teams we've played under Dyson since he's come in is it's, I think that was his ninth game. Now we've played Arsenal home and away, we've played Chelsea away, we've played Spurs. You know what I mean? Um, we've, we've we've played some decent sides there. You know, we, we and, and he still managed to get some 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 points on the board. So, look, it's not it's not over and done with. We know it's going to be tight. I, I think personally, this could potentially go down to the last game of the season. I bloody hope it doesn't. But there's every chance there's every chance it could do. And, these points, you know, like like the Iwobi goal against Newcastle when we were when we were done there with that sending off on Alan, that goal ultimately kept us up. You know, will we look back on this now at the end of the season and go that point is the point that kept us up? Let's hope it is, um, because it was some goal and and like you said, I'm, I'm pleased for him because he's coming the side, 
ahead of Cody, who'd had a bit of a bad run of form, you know, and, and Dice alluded to himself. He goes, I know, Michael, I, pr- I threw him in, in the Arsenal game. We conceded four. I said, you know, I can't judge him on one game. I'll keep him in. And then since then, you've got to say, you know, he's done pretty well. I mean, it's been calls for Mina to come in. We've been vocal about that. I'd like Mina in there as well. I think he's a very good defender when he's fit. But he's, 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 gone, he's gone for Keane. And, you know, like you said, it's a great moment. You know, when he retires and hangs up his boots, he'll remember that moment. And that moment will be replayed, you know, so many times, like the Jagielka one is now against, against Liverpool, you know. And, and like I said, hopefully, hopefully that's, that point will make all the difference when it comes to Tottenham up at the end of the season. Yeah, that hopefully it does. Uh, but hopefully it's a bit it's a bit uh, a bit more comfortable than just than just one point um, or goal difference or whatever it might be. But you know, just still there's still a long way to go. Still nine nine big games to go, of course, and a big test on on Saturday. Obviously, going away to Manchester United, not not in great form, but a big test for the manager as well. Given the sending off of of Abdullah Dekore, he's got to go away now from from what he knows from his probably trusted eleven. And we're going to discuss that and obviously the Manchester United game after this short break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast. And like I just mentioned, it's it's going to be um, a big task for the manager on Saturday. Obviously, the early game this weekend. So we're going from playing last to, to first. Um, so we we can we've got a you know a good chance to, to stake a claim and put put some points on the board before anyone else actually actually plays this weekend. But the you know the big thing before the game is the suspension of of the core, right? Who's who's been terrific since he's come in. Bags of energy, you know. Against Spurs, he was full of it, full of it. You know, he's the one who leads from the front almost in terms of our midfielders. Um, and it, it's going to be it's going to be something for the minds of now to to actually work out. Now, there's a, there's a few options people have mentioned over the last couple of days that I've seen. Um, after, what are your thoughts Lee, on this? You know, we we. <laughs> Would you assume that the manager will go with, you know, minimal impact in terms of obviously the changes that he may makes, i.e., keeping everyone else where, where they normally play, uh, and not not moving anyone else out of uh, out of the side as well? Or do you think he might make a couple of changes to to try and address this this suspension? It's a tricky one. Um, you have to take into account the game. Yeah, you know I mean, we're playing Man United away. United have got one of the best home records in the league this season. They were completely outplayed by Newcastle. First game back after the international break. You know, Newcastle should have won that more than comfortably by two, by two or more. Um, OK, he was away. Newcastle, again, very good record at home this season. They're going to want to bounce back from that, United, because you know they're really pushing for this uh, top four. Um, so for me, I think he'll... For this particular game, I personally would just do a straight swap for James Garner. Um, yes, we do lose a bit with the road we being out on the right, you know, in terms of creativity. We've all talked about that. But obviously what you will get from him is you will get, obviously, an honest performance from him down that side, um, you know, as we've alluded to before with, with Alex. But the next game against Fulham is Fulham, isn't it? I think it's Fulham after that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
yeah, which is a big game now with Mitrovic being out and Fulham obviously, I think they've lost the last four games now. They, 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 you know, their, their brilliant season is sort of derailing a little bit. Um, I'd then be personally, I'd personally then go with something a little bit more attacking then. I'd bring James Garner into the, not James Garner, sorry, I'd bring Alex Iwobi into the middle and have him playing higher up with, with Onana as the, as the eight and, 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 or him and Gay switching between the eight and the six. And then I would then have um, Damari Gray out wide and then um, obviously Ellis Sims through the middle. Personally, that's what I would do then because that's a, you know, a winnable game at home. And let's be honest, of the fixtures we now have left, of which there are nine, Fulham, an out-of-form Fulham at home is one you'd have to say, mate, we have to win, don't we? We have to win that game, really, because you know we're going to probably need to win three, maybe four now to stay up between now and the end of the season. That's nearly half our games. Um, and, you know, you'd, you'd have to say on paper that has to be one we have to, we have to get all three points from. If we can get something against United, it won't be easy. Right? They're missing Casemiro. We know that when he's not played for them, when he's suspended in the past, they've struggled a bit more. Bruno's been forced to play a bit deeper. You know, McTominay certainly is, isn't Casemiro, is he? We know that. Uh, there's rumours that Ericsson is, 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 is on the verge of making a comeback. Um, hopefully he won't be fit enough for our game maybe just fit enough for the bench because he's a superb player as well if you remember the reverse fixture at Goodison we were at that game and um, you know when we went when we went 1-0 up early doors with a great goal from Awobi Casemiro and Eriksson ran the game after that didn't they they were absolutely superb both of them basically just didn't panic got on the ball and, and gradually brought United back into the game so if we can get if we can get a point in that game, I think it'll be a massive result. So as a result, I do think he will go and he'll throw James Garner in. Um, and if he does need to bring Sims on, like we did against Chelsea, to try and get something, then I think that's what he'll do. I don't know what you think. Yeah, well, I, I, I totally agree. I think James Garner is the the natural replacement for for Decore. Um, he, he's a neat and tidy footballer. Obviously, we haven't seen much of him because of his, his back injury, but he's been back fully fit for for quite a number of weeks now, got quite a bit of game time with the England under twenty ones as well, uh, and obviously he got got a little bit of time against against Tottenham, so he can certainly come in and do his job. Um, I think I'd probably look to push Onana that little bit further forward now to play closest to to Demari Gray. So in the Decore role, you know, it's he's got to now show he's got it in his legs, hasn't he, in terms of the the, the pressure and intensity that the Corey plays at in that particular position, I think that's got to be Onana who does that. Because from from memory, against Spurs, when when he made the changes to midfield when we were down to ten men, it was Tom Davis who was the one who was pushing the Dom Tom Davis. I think at one point blocked one of the maybe sat to clear the ball and Tom Davis blocked it went out for a goal kick and he was the one who was doing that. So you'd expect James Garner to play a little bit deeper, uh, you know, with with uh, it's just a guy again and let Onana be a little bit further forward and that's that's how I think the mind is going to. Going to have to approach it. Obviously, given who the opposition are, Onana will still be expected to to be, I suppose, deeper than than maybe uh, what he would have been if he if he played in a similar similar position against Spurs. But we've got to have something, haven't we, in terms of causing the problems like we did to Chelsea, albeit United obviously uh, this season a better side than Chelsea. But we've got to make sure that we we can we can try and pose pose a bit of a threat. Um, so yeah, minimum impact really with just one in, one out. I think it will be what the what the manager goes for. Uh, but as you say, when we play play different opposition, you might look at things again. Maybe Alex Iwobi gets to come inside, but 
it's difficult because when you then look to to, to Damari Day to play, say on the right wing, he's not, defensively he, he doesn't get the same from Damari Gray as you would get from Alex Willoughby or Dwight McNeil. That's a, that's the big the big concern. With I was having this conversation with somebody next to me at the match on uh, on Monday, you know, about same as Willoughby and his form. I said, yeah, but Willoughby, what, what he gives you on the wing, he's not a natural winger. He gives you work rate. He gives you effort. Defensively. He, He's he's all right, you know, but he, he covers basically. He's not great in the tackle, but he covers. Whereas the Mai Gray, he doesn't do that. I said, and there's nobody else. There's no one else we know this in terms of what we've got available to ourselves in the squad who can come in and play in that position. So, yeah, I do think I do think obviously Saturday it will be just the one the one change, and you know we we've got to go to United. You aren't in the best of form. Let's 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 be honest. Um, I mean they got absolutely stuffed by Liverpool seven 0 which was just unthinkable going back, you know, six, ten, you know, six, eight weeks ago when United were in such good form to go to Anfield and, and be turned over in that manner would not sit well with them. I know they've, they've won the um the League Cup um against against Newcastle, but then they got beat by Newcastle, like you say, quite comfortably. Um they, they are they are struggling. But you know, if they turn it on, then 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 you can beat any side. And they've got Champions League football at stake. So it's it's a big, big, big game for them. Um, but for, from our perspective, it is our chance to, to put down a marker early on on the Saturday. As I say, first first game out, can we can we go there? Can we pick something up from the game? Because any any points are, are a bonus, I think, against against obviously a strong United side. Um, we were going to be a little bit wounded from from previous results. Um, but, but these are the kind of places we've got to go to and and nick these little these little extra points because, like you say. You know, looking at, the, at what's coming up, who we've got to play. Obviously, there's, there's Palace in, on the horizon. Uh, Newcastle coming to Goodison. Leicester away from home. We know we've got to go to Wolves. There's some massive games there. We've got to look to be getting three or four wins. We, we, we really, really have. This is not a game that you'd probably earmark for a win. But if you can come away from there with anything, then it certainly gives you that momentum and that belief that, you know, you can certainly pick up points against other sides coming in, in the, over the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, there was a lot made of um, Ten Hag's use of the three-one-six um, formation in possession, wasn't it? When we played played them at Goodison Park, anyone that's read that, there was a good piece in the Athletic about that at the time. And and, and you know, that's this is obviously a disciple of Guardiola again. And you know, they 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 tore us apart in that, particularly in that first half at Goodison Park, playing that way. Obviously, look, we're under a different manager now, but you know what I mean. I think you know, Ericsson was dropping into that. You know, into the back three, wasn't he spraying balls everywhere? They were obviously allowing further, you know, having six effectively playing along the forward line, occupying our our defenders. So they caused us all sorts of problems in in particularly in that first half. If you remember going into that game as well, you know, we were being applauded for how how good we were at the back. Um, you know, we we were keeping clean sheets. We were being hard to beat. Um, the only thing we were struggling with, obviously, was 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 scoring scoring goals at the other end, but we weren't conceding many. And in that first half, United just you know after going a goal down, I think did they score two? Was it two in the first half? Was it three? Did they score three by half time? I can't quite remember. Um, Against us. Yeah, 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 yeah. They only, they only won two one, didn't they? Was it only two one? I thought it was three one in the end. Okay, it was two one. But but the point is, the point this still remains, isn't it? You know, Ten Hag was lauded then for his his, his tactical prowess and things like that by playing sort of the three one six in possession. Um, you know, and and but Casemiro was a big part of that um, of how they played that day as well as Ericsson, Like I said, now hopefully both of them are missing. Certainly one of them is. 
Um, and, and that may play into our hands. Obviously, we've got to stop some of their attacking threats. Bruno's got a good record against us. I absolutely despise him. I think he's, he's an absolute snide of the highest order. But he's also one of those players, if he plays for you, you love him. You know what I mean? Because of the way he is. He's got quality. He can pick passes from nowhere. He's very creative. Um, and then obviously Rashford's having the season with life and the Ten Hag as well. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's been absolutely superb this season. Um, hopefully, Vout Veghorst will start because I think the likes of Tarkovsky and Keane like playing against players like that. Um, and he, you know, he's clearly he's clearly not a world class operator, is he? But the one to watch is 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 Rashford. Also, sadly, Martial's coming back from from injury as well. And that's that's a that's a little worry for us because he's another one that's you know killed us in the past, particularly in a in a particular FA Cup game that we were at. You know what I mean? So he's 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 another one that's got a good record against us. So look, it's it's not going to be easy, like you said. I mean, it may play into our favour. It's a half twelve kickoff, isn't it? So it may play into our favour a little bit. The fact that those ten kickoffs tend to be sort of subdued affairs. If we can go there again, like we've said in the past, and 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 be resilient, be difficult to beat, carry a threat, um, then there's no reason why we maybe can't come away come away with 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 something from the game, really. Yeah, you've got to believe, and you know we've seen it, like we said, under Dice in the games that he's been in charge of, that we we can go to to these kind of places and and, and make it difficult, and you know we're, we're set up to do so. Um, and that the only you mentioned the Arsenal game, the the away game, that's the only game that's really got away from us. Uh, but we were competitive for 40, 42 minutes, maybe before that first Arsenal goal, before the wheels the wheels came off. But the only game we really haven't showed up in was probably the Merseyside derby out of, out of all those games. But we we certainly, you know, we are creating chances. We 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 are a threat. Uh, we show we can be resolute and, and resilient. Or you know, as as mentioned from. You know the the most recent evidence is is from the spare the uh, the Spurs game. So we've got to believe, as I say, hopefully it's it's just the only the one change in terms of personnel, um, with obviously the Corey being suspended. But we we certainly go there with 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 hope. Uh, and being out of the bottom three as we speak again, obviously today is is a big big thing from a, a mental perspective. Um, but let's have your predictions if we can. Lee. What what do you think in terms of the the United game on on Saturday? Um, look, the the optimistic side of me says the way we've been in, in some of these games recently that we'll, we'll we'll maybe maybe nick a point and and if we do I think it'll be nil nil or one one um, probably more one one I'd say so I'll probably go with one one um, the other side of me thinks if United get an early goal and they turn it on then you know it's going to be a, a, a massive uphill climb from there but you know what the way we are at the minute. Um, I was referring to Dice coming in before. You know, I don't know what you think. I just get your quick opinion on this before we finish up. Actually, there's a lot of calls for saying Dice is almost like early Moyes here. You know, in terms of the fit, in terms of the way we play. Obviously, Moyes have refined it eventually a little bit, didn't he? And it, we weren't just a team of runners. We could play a bit as well towards you know the sort of middle end of Moyes' time. But uh, do you sort of see that sort of any any mirrors there with 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 Moyes in terms of you know? How Dice comes across, how he's, you know, he's clearly a, a disciplinarian. He's a bit old school. Um, he's also, you know, a little bit. Well, he's probably more likable than Moyes. Moyes could be a bit dour, couldn't he? A typical Scott in that respect. But I mean, like, just, just, just wanted to get your opinion. What you think? Do you see sort of elements of of, of early Moyes there, or is that far too early to call after just nine games? 
Yeah, it, it is early, of course. I think obviously the the comparisons are the fact that Moyes came in in, in a in a situation where we needed saving. Sean Dice has come in in, in the same kind of situation where where we need saving. Um, he's very no nonsense, isn't he? he? He comes across that way. What what you see is what you get. You know, I always like his, his press conferences for the sheer fact that when he gets asked some stupid question by the media, he doesn't he doesn't entertain them, does he? He'll give it one or two word answer, and they're sitting there waiting for him to expand, and he just doesn't. And that that's what I like. You know, stop asking silly questions. You know, it's just some of the time you just think, why are they even? You know, why are they even asking the question in an Everton press conference when it's a lot of the times about other things that it, that are happening. And, you know, he's he's very very is sort of no nonsense in, in in that respect. And you know, you look you look at the what we'll be interviewed on a on a podcast, wasn't he? We covered it ourselves on on Twitter a couple of quotes from that a couple of weeks ago, when when he said about the, the difference between Dyson and Lampard, and and it will be very much you know he 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 believes that Lampard is, is probably the one who saved his Everton career in terms of the fact that you know he he resurrected his form, got him playing some of the best football he's played even since his Arsenal days. And um, but he says, you know, the difference, you know, Sean Dice is literally it's it's no nonsense from the shin pads, the 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 socks. If you if you watch the video, I think it was Ben Godfrey um in international break and they were doing some kind of some kind of warm up and Sean Dice was watching and he was looking at the level of his socks and he stopped them and told him to pull his socks up to the you know to, to just below his knee. That that's what he's like. And then there will be was saying about you know how our Lampard was that was that bit more sort of not so much lax but relaxed maybe um, you know what we were saying what I'm wearing here for this podcast the minds wouldn't let me tell to say it like this he said I just said I wouldn't be allowed to do it you know whereas Lampard you know a little bit more maybe one of the lads maybe that that's too easy to stick to beating with now that he's gone but um, you know Sean Dice is, is his own man he's he's better in terms of tactically than than he gets given credit for. We've seen it. Um, he lives and breathes every so every moment of that particular match. You know, whatever the match might be, I want, I want, that's what I make a point of watching every single time. And he's always up. He doesn't sit down. He's always, you know, cheerleading, encouraging, but also then making those little tactical tweaks uh, as well. So you've got to give the mind to credit. He's his own man, and and time will tell if he's along the same lines as, as David Moyes. But in hindsight, is he what is he what we need? Yes, he is at this moment in time. Of course he is. Um, and if we survive, should he be given the time to, to build a side? Of course he should, because he, he deserves it. Um, and and we, we don't we don't play poor for poor for me. We just, we, we don't. You know, I think that, that that's an easy thing to say about Sean Dice's sides. I quite enjoy how we how we play. And having that feeling that you're still in a game, it's good. It's good to know that, you know, we have got a bit of resilience. We are a threat from set pieces. We have got players who, who want to put a shift in. And that's fine by me, you know, at this moment in time. Whether that's good enough going forward, as I say, if we stay in the Premier League, if that's good enough over the next three to five years remains to be seen. Uh, but you've got to give the man credit, that's for sure. And, and you know, totally deserves the credit that he does get and has got up, up, up to now. Um, but... Back to United. I'm going to go yeah. for a draw as well. I'm going to go for a draw. Um, being being optimistic, I think we can get something. We really do. I think we've shown it enough now. Um, tough game, obviously. We know, we know that, and we know that they can turn it on and they can score. They can score three, four, five against anybody United. But I think we will. I think we will. I got to go for one all as well. I think, um, and I'll be I'll be pretty satisfied with that on on Saturday afternoon. That's for sure. But. That's us for this week. Um, hope you enjoyed today's show. Thanks a lot for listening. We, we do appreciate it. If you can, 
give us a little bit of a, a review or a rating on, on both iTunes and Spotify and all, all those platforms. That would be much appreciated. And we will catch you after the Man United game. We're back this weekend. We'll see when, obviously, Easter Sunday. So we're a bit of a day of rest then. So we'll be back over the course of the weekend at some point to look back on the on the Man United game and look ahead to, to Marco Silva back in town at Goodison Park the following week. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.